And welcome back to Next Scene Podcast, the podcast taking on Christmas one scene at a time. I'm your host, Sean. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, for today's episode, my co-host Brian could not be with us, but we uh, we soldier on without him. Um, and uh, to to help help me do that, I have uh, two wonderful guests, two very special guests. Uh, first, from the great Malkovich, Malkovich Minute Minute. It's Austin Pryor. Welcome. The great Malkovich, Malkovich. I like the sound of that. Thanks very much. Um, yeah. yeah. The the greatly tardy and will someday return, I promise. Malkovich, Malkovich, minute, minute. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I've been, uh, I've still been recording some episodes and I've just decided I'm not going to, I'm not going to come back until I've got enough of a buffer going. So, uh, so anybody waiting on Tenterhooks, you know, see you next year. So yeah, so glad to hear that. We are eagerly awaiting uh, the return of that. And uh, while we're waiting, we have our other guest from uh, the Blake and Sal show and uh, many other movie podcasts. It's Blake Riley. Welcome, Blake. Hey, thanks for having me back on. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the Blake and Sal show, we actually, as of recording this show, we just celebrated our 400th episode. So like, we're having a lot of fun over there Whoa. right now. Nice. <laughs> Congratulations. That's quite an achievement. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so folks might remember, Blake, you were with us with our coverage of Home Alone the First. Um, so w- welcome back for the, the follow-up. Well, is, is that what it's known as in the Home Alone fan community? <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone, that first good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe I, maybe like Home Alone, the motion picture. Yeah, yeah. Following <laughs> the, the, the the Star Trek uh, Star Wars model. Yeah. So home. Yeah. So Blake was with us for Home Alone: The Motion Picture. We're back for um, Home Alone Two uh, for a series we are calling uh, Home Alone Two: Lost in the Podcast. And nice. so we hear of uh, here for the second of our eight scheduled parts. We're uh, this section covers um, about from like a minute sixteen and a half to almost minute thirty one. Uh, where we left off with part one was the McAllister family on a plane to Florida with Kevin on a plane to New York. And we start this section with landing. So we've got the the plane landing, um, the respective planes landing in Florida and New York. Uh, Kevin is looking for his family. And then we wrap up with Kevin checking in at the Plaza Hotel, New York's most exciting hotel experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was uh, no money changing hands there. That's just integral to the no plot. whatsoever. That bad American Airlines. No, no, no. It just, yeah, it just had to add, <laughs> you know, we couldn't have possibly just made up a hotel. I had to add for verisimilitude because obviously realism and gritty groundedness is key to the home alone experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason it's a real hotel. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, you know what's funny? I was I'm, I'm rewatching it before we came on. And how did why did Kevin never leave his seat to check for his family on the plane? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Same note. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he's traveling with so the entire family. So it's two couples that the two parents or two pa- two sets of parents. They each have five children. Yeah. So there's 13 other people. Like, how big is this plane? <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. not like it's not like there's one other person that he doesn't see. Like, there's a lot of people, and he and doesn't see any of them. It's a two-hour flight from Chicago to New York, so like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's a quick flight. <laughs> 
Um, I feel I think, that yeah, point. It's I like, that point, though, like I know the point. <laughs> mm. I think it's because uh, I, I can't remember. I haven't rewatched the start of Home Alone 2 now, but it's the, the contrivance of how they forget Kevin, you know, in the first movie is quite well done. Like, it's quite convincing. There's so much chaos mm-hmm. and they all sleep in because it was a power cut and blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of it feels like it could happen in that in that chaos, you know? This is like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit more of a stretch, which of course they have to do the sequel thing of lampshading that and calling it out and saying, well, it happens, it happened before, it's a McAllister family tradition, etc. And uh, yeah, mm, how I, I can't, yeah, <laughs> the the contrivance overall for this movie of getting of having it happen again. That's fair mm-hmm. enough, but having the two same robbers happen to be in New York, it's like, oh, for <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the, I don't a, know if we're are we allowed to curse on this? Curse? Yeah, I can. I'll, I'll, I will bleep it out. We do try well, to then I won't bleep for the holiday special, well, but well, well, then I won't say it because I can't stand bleeps. But um, <laughs> just uh, just flip off is what I'm saying yeah. to the to yeah. the to the movie and when it when it when Joe Bessie shows up which of course you have to do because it's home alone sequel and you know so I understand the kind of um the the commercial <laughs> drive to mm-hmm. to bring these guys back yeah well it, you mentioned sort of the product placement where we get yeah uh, you know later on with the plaza and coke and other things that are featured and then you know very beginning american airlines is conspicuously featured which shameless well i would i would think they'd want to distance distance themselves from from these films because the the you know the flight attendants the gate agents all the these uh, airline employees are extremely incompetent yeah (laughs) Yeah, well, the, and the, overestimate themselves. So, yeah, on the one end, they say, you know, to 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 Kate and the other parents, "Well, just get on. We'll make sure yeah. the kids are, are after you." And then Kevin once again manages, or not once again, Kevin manages to get on a plane without a ticket yeah. somehow. I, I don't understand. Well, that it is uh, <laughs> it is pre nine eleven. Yeah, and don't it forget. Is, yeah, yeah, I, I shouldn't say don't forget. Maybe this story isn't as famous outside of Ireland, but this. This kind of happened in real life, so so um, oh, really? there's a there's a famous Explain. case that's about to be made into a movie, um, where two boys from in in 1985, two boys, uh, a ten year old and a thirteen year old, uh, from Darndale in Dublin, which is real like a real working class area, and there would have been kids that would have no access to, you know, international travel and stuff, were just just bunked off from school one day and just decided to see how far they could get on a bus. And they ended up in New York. Because they just, they just <laughs> that took... That was some they, bus. It was some bus because they took the bus to the airport and they just kept wandering and nobody stopped them. And everybody who saw them assumed that they're, you know, they would stand near adults and it just looked like they were with them. And, um, and they got on the plane and uh, they just uh yeah they got on an air india flight and they had to ask somebody next uh, ask somebody uh going on where is this plane going new york okay Okay. and so um yeah so they just went to new york and had uh you know a little kevin McAllister like experience of just wandering around and taking in some sights and then um yeah i forget how they got 
I think they might have had to go to the cops themselves because they were realizing like they're run out of money and well they don't have any dollars and they had run yeah. out of what uh, Irish pounds they had and um and so they just kind of uh they they, they the cops just kind of were laughing and couldn't believe the story and took them in and and so then they put them up uh yeah the NYPD put them up in a hotel to, <laughs> while they were arranging for a flight to get them back and stuff and uh, well, so the two not kids the just not not the plaza, no, we would say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they arrived back, and obviously they got they they phoned the the kids' parents and let them know. Um, I'm sure the parents were worried <laughs> sick, but but what a story! And they arrived home Crazy. heroes, you know. Yeah, absolutely. oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So all you naysayers <laughs> that say uh, it couldn't happen, exactly. yeah, it could. It did. It could, and it's uh, going to be a. Don't go too far, or something. Don't go far. I think is the movie uh, going right. to be made. It's going to start production soon. So, yeah, there you go. I think you just volunteered to do the movie in IMAX format. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely have to. Yeah, definitely yeah. have to cover that. Well, it's not. If there's an Irish connection, I'll find it. That's kind of what I'm doing on all, all any guest spots I have uh, on, um, you know, on on, on yeah. various podcasts. Like Irish connection. Let's go. Okay. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so I want to jump ahead a little bit uh, in our segment just because I, I, I got to talking about uh, the airline and, and the wonderful employees of American Airlines. You see <laughs> Kevin walk up to a counter um, and, and address uh, – well, her name tag says Pam Block, but this wow. is uh, Ali Sheedy um, in a nice little cameo. And like she just lets this unaccompanied minor walk away. He's like, excuse me, what is he like? What city are we in? <laughs> we, yeah. Where are we? And we're in New York. And he's like, oh, okay, everything's fine, and just wanders off. And she's like, eh. she's she's also <laughs> horrible for no reason. She is like, she's like so passive aggressive. Like, yes, sir. Like you're making me get off the phone call, even though I'm standing at a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A kid, a kid walk, a kid runs up to you and says it's an emergency, and yeah, you just go, uh, "Yes, I'm, I'm actually on the phone, even though I'm standing at a service desk, clearly designed for people to come up with, you know, yeah. come up to with, uh, with inquiries." Um, but I just couldn't believe, even before we got to there, or how, like, how I had to check the year of the movie. It's 1992, and it's just amazing how, how 80s the early 90s were you know and you just you forget because you think of the 90s and you think of all of the the fashion that went with that and then you realize wow there was a lot of big hair in the 80s still and yes. there was a lot of uh -huh. uh, in, in the 90s still yeah and a lot of there was a guy coming out of the plane uh i don't know if you noticed this guy he had this like <laughs> this long coat and like um a really fancy white tie a black suit uh, and mm -hmm. uh he looked he, he had a horrible mullet he looked a bit like billy ray cyrus <laughs> and i was just like what is the story this guy is not a standard extra he has to be he has to come back later in the story no he's just nope. he's, that's how that guy looks and um he also had a beard which is like obviously more common than not nowadays but uh very few men had beards in in uh, late 80s early 90s but yeah he really stood out to me he was a beaut um but yeah 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 well and the, the women there's a, a lot of big shoulder pads which remind oh, us that the pads. so yeah the the fashion tends to 
I guess, lag behind the actual decades a little bit. Yeah, like you said, what we yeah. think of the 90s is really much later. Um, and yeah. then I guess films even more so, because this was kind of filmed in 91 to be released yeah, in exactly. you know, early yeah. 92. Yeah. So <laughs> still had the 80s fashion going on. Yeah. By the way, we were talking about earlier how no one he didn't realize that they, they were on the wrong plane. How did nobody notice that Kevin was standing by the, by the, um, by the boat where the bags are? Because there. Bag, the bag went all the way down the looking there and nobody realized he's yeah. not standing there. Nobody realized it. <laughs> nobody realized. And and I like the kid. Is that is that actually Macaulay Culkin's brother that does the the did this the smallest kid? Yeah, a little yeah. fuller. That's and that's Kieran who's yeah, Kieran yeah. Culkin. Yeah. So Kieran Culkin, he doesn't just he doesn't look around and see no and sees no Kevin. He just sees this like elderly couple who aren't kevin and they're they they're the stand-in for the absence of kevin yeah. <laughs> there'd be no good showing an empty space or just showing him looking around there has to be yeah. somebody who's standing there not being kevin like it's their job <laughs> um which i just yeah. i just love that but his little reaction to that and it's just this kind of there's this very is is this the same director is this john hughes this one this is um yeah, well, so the same writer, John Hughes, the director is uh, Chris Columbus. So okay, they did okay, get, all right. Yeah, but but yeah, the same writer, director, they got, and a lot of the same actors. Oh, sorry, they brought, yeah, yeah, Chris Columbus, and yeah, same writer, director team. Yeah, I forgot, yeah, it's John Hughes just, just writing. Yeah, yeah, behind and in front of the screen, uh, in front of the camera. But but yeah, like, because the acting in this, they do this this kind of cutesy kid acting, which is like, by any standards, very bad acting. And it's just like, <laughs> I will stand yeah. here and I will make my face go into this shape and then this shape. But it's, it's so yeah. mechanical and it's so like, uh, when he looks up and sees this older couple and does the like, big face. And it's just like... <laughs> It's operating on a level that's completely separate from acting because it's kind of the, the cute appeal. You know, the Culkins are they're cute kids and they make big faces and stuff. And that's why it's working. You know what I mean? But it like it's terrible acting, you know, uh, both uh, on, on both. And I'm not I'm not knocking them. They're children. It's not their fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's not, um, not their fault. It's not. It's not. It's not. Like, it's not. It's not Jake Lloyd's fault, you know. Uh, it, no, it's not. It's, you know, it's and 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 there's a lot of you know kids get too much flack for these things, but like, you know, they they kind of have a they have a cutesy appeal, and they're doing this very uh, you know exaggerated acting. But even in a few minutes, when Kevin is realizing, hey, I'm in New York on my own, and he does the the eyebrow thing, it's just, it's rough going, like. <laughs> It's 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 not good acting. It's uh it's like a robot trying to emulate human uh, emotions, you know. <laughs> oh, I kind of like it. I, I I see what you're saying about the the eyebrow waggle is a little yeah. trite, a little obvious. I yeah. like what 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 Karen is doing here is fuller, and, and yeah, the the expressions are exaggerated, but it's, yeah, it's a little bit like this is a real life cartoon, and, and certainly when we get it much is. later, it's cartoonish violence. So like the over yeah. the top acting, I think fits. I have in. no problem with the over the topness at all. I think it works. Yeah, you know, especially for the because we had the same thing in the first movie, so it's not like oh, definitely, it's like definitely. And I, 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 what I'm saying is kind of it works on. That's what I'm saying. Just like it works on that right. level of the cute appeal, and it works on the level of over the top. And I should have mentioned the yeah the living cartoon thing because that is very much how <laughs> exactly. how these yeah. movies work. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> well, because we did. Not... I mean, go on, go on. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Well, I was going to say, just speaking of of kind of overacting and cartoonish. Yeah. It, when when the 
kind of when the bag and the message that Kevin's not here makes its way yeah. back up to the end, we yeah. get, and it's almost, you know, it's almost kind of required, like you expect it of, yes. you know, of, of Kate, the mom giving her scream, Kevin. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's ridiculous. That's kind of over the top, but then it's, well, again, it's addressed hilariously a buzz to standing there and ignoring everything. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was genuinely made me, made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, I mean, Catherine O'Hara is amazing. And, uh, you know, but that her reaction and her faint to this might not be her finest work. I kind of just think <laughs> it, it, it fails to step out from the shadow of the free, previous film. It's just kind of, it's such a, it's such a heavy handed kind of reference to the previous film. And it's a, it's a real not again. And she, I think, you know, they feel like they had to top it and do something more with it. And she kind of, she does this weird laugh and turns around and then says Kevin and then faints. And it's just, it's too many things. It's too many things. You got to find the hard camp. That's what she had to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So on that note, let me let me let's jump in and kind of pull back a little bit. So, what's your uh, each of you kind of what's your history with the film? Like, is this you know when did you first see it? What do you think of? How does it stack up against the other Home Alones? And you know, is this kind of part? Is this you know a yearly tradition? Is this part of your um, your holiday celebration? Uh, I'll start with you. You know, Blake, what's what's your history here? Um, I actually don't remember the first time I saw the movie. I know I, I love these movies. The first, the first and second one. I clarify that. I love the first mm-hmm. and second movies. <laughs> um, I, I don't even. I haven't actually watched the full movie in a while. I might actually have to do it this year because I forgot how good this movie was. <laughs> I forgot how good this is. Um, I was watching it this year though because I actually have, my job has changed, so I actually have time for Christmas to actually watch movies for a change. Hey. <laughs> But no, I love this movie. I do love this movie so much. I, I, it's over the top. Don't get me wrong. It's completely over the top and nuts. I think that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like I, yeah, where I grew up, uh, yeah, watching, uh, yeah, the the first one was a phenomenon, and I was around the same age as Macaulay Culkin, and thought I thought of myself as an actor. I wanted to be an actor and stuff. So I was like, I was totally fantasizing not only about fantasy the, the way the movie works of fantasizing about what if i was at home on my own and i could do all these crazy tricks and stuff and and uh, no supervision but the other fantasy of like what if i could be an actor and in movies and stuff so like i totally i i really you know kind of latched on to the first one and and the second one just kind of I was 12 by the time the second one came out and it was fine. And I, I, you know, I remember finding parts of it funny and stuff, but I don't, it it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, a big deal or anything. And the subsequent ones, like I didn't know they were, I didn't know they were made until several years after and go, oh my God, they made a third one and a fourth one, you know. Um, Obviously they're, you know, you're hitting diminishing returns after the first two, but uh uh, yeah, I just like the the Christmas movie tradition in in this side of the Atlantic is a little bit different. Like we do, we do, we we have some of the classics and some of the you know, it's a wonderful life and stuff like that would have been on. But growing up, there was just it used to put, um, you know, we used to get the the English TV channels over here, and we got our of course our own Irish TV channels, and they just generally put on big movies at Christmas, so there'd always be an Indiana Jones or a Superman or a Star Wars in the before they started, you know, stopping Star Wars being on TV and stuff like that. So it just it was just always kind of 
big you know network television premieres uh, kind of thing would be the and then certain films that just got associated with with um i don't know if you had this in the states where just some things just got put on every christmas and it became a christmas tradition like the wizard of oz for some reason mm-hmm. you saw yeah, right. christmas. yeah yeah and it's not a christmas movie but it just has and then and willy wonka used to be on a christmas a lot although i think i remember that being on at easter a lot when i was a kid which is you know tying it in with the chocolate and all that but uh yes but yeah so like just it yeah it definitely home alone is part of the pantheon but um yeah i just i don't get to watch many um <laughs> christmas movies each year and i do i do always set out to you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, I, I think last year was the first time i actually was able to sit and like i'm watching these movies i'm watching all these yes. movies and all these specials because i actually right. have the time to i'm gonna do the same thing this year but like yeah i get mm. it you don't have the time sometimes yeah yeah it's, it's what, what about you sean um so yeah i just saw this film recently and just kind of uh, uh to refresh the listener's memory you probably remember from from when we covered uh home alone a couple years ago I hadn't seen Home Alone till re- till uh, you know just a few no years ago, way. which was weird. I thought, <laughs> I thought I had seen it because this is you know oh, yeah. it had become such a part of pop culture. Yeah, um, you know, and there's so many great scenes with Macaulay Culkin. That, you know, well, you know, Catherine O'Hara screaming Kevin, and then when he does the thing with the aftershave where he like yeah, you know, yeah. claps his his cheeks and screams like so many little bits of it. I knew just being around and again pop culture that I thought I had seen it that when I sat down to watch it for the podcast I'm like there's you know there's large chunks of this I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've never seen I have no recollection yeah. um particularly yeah, the, the stuff with old man Marley which kind of yeah. didn't you know kind of wasn't as like sort of meme worthy or, or mm-hmm. soundbite you know so all that stuff that whole subplot I didn't remember at all so I'm like um, so I hadn't seen that, and then I, you know, I, so I also hadn't seen any of the the sequels. Now at this point, I've I've seen them all. So yeah, shortly after watching Home Alone, was like, well, now I gotta, now I have to watch Home Alone too. I have to watch the you know the follow up. So I just saw this a couple a couple years ago, and I wow. think, um, you know, I think in terms of you know Christmas traditions, or if you're you know if you've got movies that you watch every year around this you know towards the end of the year. You probably only have room for one Home Alone, and the first one is the best. So yeah. you might as well watch that. I don't know why you'd watch this <laughs> instead. Uh, you know, maybe to switch it up every I few years. I don't know years. why you'd watch yeah. it 15 minutes at a time and break it down and talk about it at great length. You know, who would do yeah. something like that? Why would, oh, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I also want to mention, so you talk about, also you talk about kind of um, when you were younger watching this and, and being inspired, you know, both to both to be home alone on your yeah. own and also <laughs> yeah. as an actor. Um, I think this, so this is good. Macaulay and this film is sort of a, a good, um, what we say, like a good thing to look up to or a good uh, reference. So for the first film, uh, Macaulay Culkin, the reports are he uh, was paid a hundred thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he he had he had been in a, a few films and he'd worked with John Hughes and Uncle Buck before, but he you know wasn't a big star. So even though he really carried that movie and was the you know yeah, our, our main yeah. protagonist, he didn't get paid very much. But of course, um, you know that went on that it grossed almost five hundred million worldwide and, and was one of the highest grossing comedies for for a long time. Right. Um, so for this, the follow up. Reports are he got paid four point five million. 
<laughs> to, to do the second one. So, uh, yeah, so there's there's a lesson there. You know, is it um, – well, and to, to, um, to paraphrase from Hollywood Shuffle, you know, how do you know if, you know, if a part is a good part? And the answer is, well, does your character die? And if the answer is no, then it's a good part because you can come mm. back in the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and, and Macaulay, Macaulay proved that that principle here with, uh, um, you know, with Kevin and the home alone too. So four, 4.5 million. Um, he, he did okay. He did okay. And, and they did okay. I mean, he, uh, once again, he, he carries the film as he did with, with the first home alone. You know, what's funny with McCoy Tolkien for me nowadays, he think he's he does a wrestling podcast now. So it's like, I, mm-hmm. he's in my world of a wrestling <laughs> podcaster. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just checking here because I, I remember knowing that he was the same age, that I was the same age as, as him. And I was just that uh, he was, uh, yeah, I, I was born in May uh, 1980 and he was born August 1980. So, I mean, it's it's really, I'm just, yeah, just checking in. He's, yeah. he's we are just two 41-year-old dudes doing, you know, exactly the same. We're both, mm-hmm. you know, both we both yeah. have podcasts. Yeah, just, just. <laughs> exactly the same yeah the the parallels are mind-boggling yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> i did just as well actually probably on balance given how how uh how awfully he went off the rails uh poor guy you know what i mean i, I probably am doing as well on balance you know not as not not my highs have not been as high and my lows have not been as low so i'm doing just mm-hmm. just fine okay. <laughs> the average is the same though right yeah exactly yeah that's because that's how life works. That's how you value life. <laughs> so switching back to New York, Kevin has has left the the airport, and I'm a little like this is where I'm surprised. Later, I think later it's Kate who will say like wonder when they realize that that Kevin has the father's wallet. They say like, does mm-hmm. Kevin even know how to use a credit card? I was yeah. kind of wondering at this point like, does Kevin know how to like hail a taxi or get a taxi? I mean, I guess it's. And does it's he, a little is he carrying enough cash to get across like the exactly. Brooklyn? Where is where is yeah. he going? He's going from yeah. from JFK to uh, I I don't know the layout. I've been, I mean yeah, I was in JFK I'll, when I was an early teenager. I can't remember. I I can run it down. I know. Did Blake? Did you kind of map out? It's actually, Kevin's no, I forgot to get the map out. I meant to. I forgot. Okay, to. you can go so that's, that's that's fine. As as the host, I did it. Now I will say. Um, so there is no airport that this corresponds to when we see oh, Kevin. Right. I was wondering. I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> we, we, we see behind him, we see the Manhattan skyline. We see the Empire State Building and uh, I, I, what I'm thinking is the Chrysler Building. Chrysler Building was the main shot that they that they sat on. Was the Yeah, which is weird yeah. because you were, if you want to show, you know, the skyline, you would think – um you would show think you would do you would show the towers but you would yeah. if you were going to focus in on one iconic building from new york it would be empire state building but, exactly. but they went for the chrysler right. which is just which uh, yeah which i thought maybe was something to do with oh well they had to be in a certain airport at a certain angle but like yeah the airport's well out of the city isn't it it's not yeah no so yeah. the yeah that the, the the interior shots, I believe, were all done in Chicago. So this okay. is when he when Kevin gets off the plane. This is the same airport where he got on the plane. This is uh, O'Hare standing in as some. Um, I knew it either. was O'Hare. I've been to O'Hare enough. I knew it was O'Hare. <laughs> I knew that. 
<laughs> yeah, either uh, either you know Kennedy or LaGuardia or the New York City airports or uh, Newark Liberty. I was just going to say um, Newark, yeah. Which is uh, yeah. So I mean, because if they had shown the skyline, I think it's a it's a little far. I don't know if you can actually see it, but if they had shown the World Trade Towers, uh, Newark Airport is closer to downtown. That's where true. the yeah. towers that are. True. But if you're flying uh, out of Chicago, it's actually cheaper to fly into like LaGuardia <laughs> than to go into New Jersey. Right. So I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. I just I I went by the skyline. I went by what we see. So in this world, there is a there is an airport in I'm guessing Long Island City, um, <laughs> which is a part of Queens, which is just across the river in Queens. Um, you know, across from Manhattan, and and yeah. from that from that from that area from that location, you'd have this is the skyline you would see with the the Chrysler Building, and so forth. And that yeah. also makes sense because that's right around Midtown. Um, so the, the bridge we see when he's driving in to you know he's kind of had his head out the taxi, which is something I'm sure no driver would actually let a kid do. That's yeah, kind of yeah. dangerous. <laughs> but uh, although maybe 1992, you know, <laughs> yeah. I guess safety was yeah. standards were yeah. different then. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going from from Queens. He's taking. Um, well, I call it the 59th Street Bridge, also called the Queensboro Bridge, yes. okay. that joins Queens and Manhattan. Is the bridge uh, we the see feeling him groovy crossing. bridge? Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. Exactly. The yeah. the 59th Street Bridge. Um, we next see Kevin in front of uh, Radio City Music Hall, which yes. is. Um, which is around, that's like, uh, that's on 6th Ave in Midtown. It's like right across, um, close to where the, the bridge lets off in Manhattan. Um, oh, by the way, I wanted, while we're here, yeah. I want to ask a quick, quick story I've never told on a podcast. Radio City Music All Hall. right. I was, yeah. uh, I, I went to see the uh, Radio City Rockettes with my parents one time. And mm-hmm. I had my Santa hat on and everything else. And a Rockette comes up to me to take a picture of me because I look like Santa. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I was at a radio wow. music hall. So I was like, oh, this is a random situation. And I'll never forget it. Like, wow, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I wonder if that happens to Kevin. <laughs> but yeah, so, they, yeah, so I, we, yeah, they could have done like a Kevin that. reacting to the, the high kicking rockets and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, getting it, getting an eyeful and kind of having the same reaction he had to the Playboy magazine in the first movie or something. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he would think that was gross and would have no interest in. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, this... Although, although it's been two years since the first film, he's a growing boy. Maybe it's I was to make sense. Say, yeah, <laughs> he is. He is ten. Yeah, he is ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it actually, the the route makes a little bit of sense. So he starts a Radio City Music Hall, which is Midtown, right where the you close to where the bridge is. Uh, we next see see him um, in front of the Empire Diner. Um, where he encounters a, a, a Santa on stilts, a very tall Santa. Um, hysterical. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and mm. so the uh, the Empire Diner is on 10th Ave. It's on the west side between 22nd and 23rd. Um, so he's heading downtown. We next see him in Chinatown. So now he's on uh, the Lower East Side at the uh, Kuan Yin Shen & Co. Uh, shop. Uh, that's 32 Mott Street in wow. um in Chinatown, where you know Kevin will pick up some fireworks, as as one does. Uh, we next see him. He gets a view of the Statue of Liberty from Battery Park. So that's the the very southern tip of Manhattan, uh, Battery Park. And I don't think they're there anymore, but they used to have little binoculars. I think you probably had to they're put a coin there. in to look them and you know see the statue. Yeah, I was there um, a couple of years ago. They're still there. 
Okay, oh, great. Cool. Yeah. Um, then he's at the um, the World Trade Towers um, or the World Trade Center. Uh, yeah, that are no longer there. But uh, and we see him up on the observation deck on the, the roof of, of one of the towers with his, uh, you know, his Polaroid Spectra camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to kind of complete the trip, he then we next see him. Uh, then he's at the, the Fulton Fish Market, which is also on the Lower East Side of Manhattan um, before he returns to uh, Midtown and Central Park, which is um, and cent- uh, the and then finally he'll check in at the Plaza. And the Plaza Hotel is uh, kind of right across the street. It's right on the park, the southern end of um Central Park South. So finally at the plaza. So he makes a nice little loop from uh, kind of from Midtown, down the west side, uh, the southern tip of Manhattan, then up the east side, back to, uh, you know, back to Midtown. Now, it would make a little more sense. He does go a little back and forth where Chinatown is on the east side, the World Trade Center, uh, that area is the west side. So he kind of goes east to Chinatown, back west to the World Trade Center, then back east to the fish market before heading north to Midtown again. But other yeah, than he's that... he's a kid. He's um, a kid. What are yeah, you going to do? he's a kid. Yeah. And he's probably just wandering. I don't know if he has, yeah. you know, he's, he's not necessarily planned out his itinerary. And exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll put him... like he knows exactly where he's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'll map it out. Um, and I'm assuming there's a mixture of, of walking and... And cabs. Um because I, I I mapped it out, he covers about twenty miles in all okay. from um, from Long Island City to Radio City Music Hall downtown, and then you know back up to the the park and eventually the plaza. It's which about twenty miles. It's called a Monday. That's called a Monday yeah. in New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which so he he could walk, but I don't know. Like we, it, it'd probably be getting dark by the time yeah. he finished that up if he you know he did that much walking in a day. Where you figure he's already done a flight, so it's probably close to, um, you know, he's got to get out of the airport and get the taxi. It's probably at least close to noon, uh, at the very earliest, by the time he gets into Manhattan. So you're saying he got a lot done. He got a lot done. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So you're saying this Home Alone movie uh, (laughs) stretches credulity. (laughs) Uh, No, no. It, it, it. it, I say it stretches. It doesn't break. Because I was yeah. at least yeah. you know what, at least Sean, you made it make sense. Because unlike yeah. when I was like on Mighty Ducks when I was doing the Minnesota tour, <laughs> and it made no logical yeah. sense to how they were anywhere at all. At least this would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Now I know that they didn't. I I haven't found anything on the particulars of, uh, you know, kind of their experience of filming this. I know these were you know filmed on location, so they did film this in. In Manhattan, I wonder if they did it all in one day, if they're like, they mapped it out and they're like, okay, we're just going to do this. We're going to drive at a big circle between Midtown, downtown, back to Midtown. We, you know, we're just going to have our cameras and our kid and we're just going to hit all these spots and kind of do it all in one shot. That's what I would do. Um, Which, which they, they, they could have done. So it does make sense. And I I think this is doable. I once, and I haven't, I, I, I haven't mapped out the, um, the distance I actually walked, but, um, yeah, I've I've done the walk from Midtown to downtown and back again on the 10th anniversary of the assassination of John Lennon, 
which I think would have been 91. So right around this time, uh, maybe a year earlier than, than the film, but, um, uh, the year, the year the film was shot. So maybe the, the year the film was yeah. shot. So there was um, a lot of people gathered at strawberry fields, which is a section of central park sort of memorial near the Dakota hotel where, uh, John lived, where John Lennon lived and, and was shot. There's kind of a little section of, of central park, uh, kind of called they designate strawberry field sort of dedicated to John Lennon. So uh, on the, the 10 year anniversary of uh, of his death there was a gathering and I was living on Long Island at the time. I took the Long Island Railroad into the city. Actually no, I you know, I took the railroad into the city, go to Central Park, and lots of people hanging out and kind of a lot of people had guitars playing Beatles songs and everything and I, I just kind of hung out till um I don't know if it was like two or three a.m. It was very late. It was it was past the point where the trains stopped running, um, even in a city, uh, you know, even in New York, the city that never sleeps. The trains do mm. eventually stop running that for a short cool. period of time. Yeah, I think it was like between three and five. There are a couple hours where there's there's no the city that takes short naps. Well, technically, the city's still up because the subway system's down. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the the city's up. You just can't uh, get out of it. So. Um, so I realized I, I missed the last train home. I'm in uh, Central Park. I'm in Midtown. I don't really know much about the city. All I really know is like Greenwich Village and downtown. So I'm like, all right, let me start walking with no concept of, nice. of, of where I was going or how long it would take me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just start walking south and, and the streets are numbered. So as long as it goes down from like 42nd, 41st, 40th, I know I'm heading in the right direction. Um, I get down to Greenwich Village, I get to Washington Square Park, and that takes me about an hour, and then I realize, well, gee, if I turn around now, because there's about a two-hour break where the trains aren't running, if I turn around now and start walking back to Midtown to, um, I guess it would have been Penn, uh, Penn Station, like if I, if I turn around and start walking now, I'll get there right around the time the trains start running again. And that's all I did. So I, I walked down nice. from, from Central Park to Washington <clears throat> Square Park and turned around and, and walked back. <laughs> and, I'm sure you, uh, and, uh, I'm sure you yeah. saw some interesting samples of human life on your way. I, yeah. You know, I have – I actually – I have an igloo cooler that <laughs> I was able to pick up that someone someone approached me. And I probably should have been much more frightened than I was. It was one of those mm-hmm. things where I was too young to know I should be scared. So something like, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning in Manhattan, um, some, some person, a, a man approaches me and says, well, I have this cooler. I need money to get food for my kids. Do you have $5? If you give me $5, I'll give you this igloo cooler. So I'm like, I... What am I like? I have no use for yeah. cooler. <laughs> and actually, all I had that was all the money I had. I had five dollars and I had purchased ahead, I had purchased a round trip ticket for the train. So I had a train ticket so I could get home and yeah. I had five dollars. And that's literally everything I had, all the everything of value I had on me. And I'm like, all right, I gave him my five dollars. I got an igloo, a plastic igloo cooler what? that I still have. You, you uh, paid five dollars for stolen goods. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and yep, and I, I, I got my my money's worth. And wow. well, the the other thing I'll add is, um, th- the stories yeah. about rats in Central Park, um, do not do justice to uh-huh. the That's size. <laughs> um, so after, so before it's I decided to just before I decided to take my walkabout, eventually the the crowds thinned. Everyone either caught their last train or 
or, or went home and I was alone in Central Park the middle of the night in, uh, you know, in, uh, I think it was, De- it was December or January. It was cold. I think it was December um, when, when Lennon was shot. So I'm alone in Central Park the middle of the night and I start to hear rustling and I start to see shadows. And um, again, it's dark. I couldn't make it out 100%, but... Yeah, these are like the size of a cat or a small dog. I mean, these rats must have been like 10, 15 pounds. These are, I mean, and maybe they're... Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are some rodents of unusual size in Central Park, so you do not want to be alone in the park. You're telling a horror story, by the way, Sean, when you started that story. It sounds like you're telling a horror story. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it all ended well. I mean, I, 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 I made it back to my train. I made it back home to Long Island and, uh, I, 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 I walk away. I have a souvenir. I have an igloo cooler from the experience. So, uh, it, it could have been, and probably should have been a horror story, but, uh, and it ended quite well. So anyway, that's a long way to say that there's, um, there's, you know, probably a mix of walking and, and, and taxis for Kevin, or maybe, you know, maybe he figured out the subway or, I mean, he could probably just duck under the, the turnstile and, and not yeah. even need to pay, to pay to get on the train. But, um, so, this, but this is all, this is all a very doable trip and I'll, I'll post, I mapped it out. I'll, I'll, I'll post a map to, uh, um, to the website and social media there. Our Facebook group is uh, jelly of the month club. I'll, I'll post it then if you want to see, you know, how much ground, uh, Kevin manages to cover on this day. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of the one of the more realistic things I think. Now, whether a ten year old would be able to, you know, who's who's never been to New York before, could do this, maybe that's a different question. But yeah, that's a different um, thing. That's a whole different outlook. Yeah. <laughs> there are adults that don't know how to walk around New York City, let alone kids. <laughs> but I think if he's not, I mean, I don't get the impression that he has the plaza as his destination, other than he sees it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like he's just walking randomly, and he happens upon. Uh, various, you know, famous spots, but that's, you know, I, I don't think right. he's, if you gave somebody, a, you know, a prescriptive thing of say, go from here to there to here to there, you know, that would be like, yeah, that'd be difficult for most people. But like, if you just say to somebody, uh, just wander around New York, exactly. oh, that's okay. Yeah. That's a good yeah. Point, actually. yeah. So yeah, we, we don't know quite at what point he decides the plaza is his ultimate destination. We know that he, you know, he, he in the earlier they kind of set it up. He's watching the game show and they say contestants on Celebrity Ding Dang Dong stay at the Plaza Hotel. So, I mean, that may be like the it's probably, you know, the only hotel he knows. Exactly. In the yeah. city. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he probably ends up in Central Park and it's it's literally right across the street from the southern edge of the park. So he probably looks up and he sees it. And I'm like, oh, hey, I recognize that building. And I happen to have recorded the phone number on my talk boy so I can <laughs> call them up and <laughs> make a, well, make that a reservation. That talk boy is amazing because it's like that, 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 it, it records every little bitty thing for him for every little bitty problem he has. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. if you open up his backpack, there's like... Uh, a big stack of cassette tapes, all neatly labeled, of like, <laughs> like, <how laughs> for all the work? contingencies like, this that this thing covers. You know, <laughs> yeah, he hired Trip and chronicleize and Talkboy tapes. Yeah, yeah, and then it's all it's it's always the the rule of tapes in movies. You know, and it lands on exactly where you wanted it to be. 
it goes so forward or backwards the exact amount that you wanted and there's no kind of flipping and flipping back and forth and yeah it's uh it's it's just it's movie magic well, I think you have separate tapes for each gag so there you go yeah yeah there you go yeah and he can switch them very quickly that's sort of his very superpower well, and he, yes. and he, he well he and we kind of again the, the the callback he sets it up in the first film where he uses the dialogue from yeah. the uh the angels with filthy souls and you can kind and of fast, with forward fast forwarding pause. that's fast forwarding and rewinding on vhs which is right. way wobblier when you yeah yeah when you're way less precise yeah right well in this case with the with the talk boy he doesn't have the picture where like if you're if you're yeah. if you're using a a uh, you know, using a VHS tape for your audio, you can kind At of least line up go the picture the with picture. what the characters yeah. are saying. Yeah. Here it's like, yeah, but he he knows exactly how fast to, or how far to, you know, fast forward to rewind and, and everything. He's he's a special kid, this kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has the superpower of being in a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got the, the plot armor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I realize we're, we're we're jumping around as as one does. I want to jump back to um, to Miami for a little bit, um, oh, sure. where uh, we're so Kate and Peter are talking to um, this. Actually, uh, he has a, a badge and a um, a logo. So actually, Miami police, uh, but at the airport talking to uh, the police about their missing son, um, and it's uh, I think when they they realize that. Uh, Pete realized Peter realizes that his wallet's missing, that it was in the bag that Kevin has. But I, I definitely wanted to mention this. Um, well, to ask a question, do either of you, do you recognize Officer Bennett, the uh, the Miami policeman that they're speaking with? Does this, that face ring any bells? No. No, it does not. It'll probably, okay. what you say, it'll probably will, but yeah, I don't yeah. it, no. Um, so this is... Uh, well, I was going to say the great Rod Sell. I don't know how great it is. But uh, so that the actor is Rod Sell, who's got a very short, he's got eight credits in IMDb. Um, so you don't know him for much. But I particularly, the face jumped out at me because he is one of the Groundhog officials in oh. Groundhog Day. So when oh, they, when they, when they wow. pull out, you know, they, when they, when they pull the, um, pull that hog out of its little hole. Uh, he's, and actually, uh, if you listen to uh, our previous podcast or previous podcast that I did with Dave Palace, Groundhog Minute, covering the great Groundhog Day, one minute at a time, we had pegged this guy as the um, the creepy official, the, the oh, creepy yeah. Groundhog Day guy, because he I'm always right. had this creepy smile on his face and kind of, you know, we wondered if this guy kind of maybe spent too much time <laughs> with the groundhog. Oh, because uh, oh yeah, always had a creep, you know, very creepy smile on his face. The way he looked at that groundhog when um uh, when uh, Brian Doyle Murphy would pull him out. But uh, yeah, so yeah. this is oh wow, yeah, th- oh, this I is see the creepy face you're putting in the, the chat. Now. Wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is R- Rod Sell from uh, from Groundhog right. Day. So nice, a, nice, just a nice little connection there. I nice. Thought. It first for you, for, especially for your universe, that works nicely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my my movie universes are colliding here. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> um. So any anything else to say about uh 
about this, uh, you know, this encounter with the Miami police, or should we head back to New York? I, I think it's funny that he he didn't he hates the fact that they're laughing over this. <laughs> like he's so yeah. annoyed by the fact that but they're I, laughing about their child being somewhere else, not there. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny to me. I find that genuinely funny. Yeah, I guess, and and yeah. Catherine O'Hara is, is just yeah doing doing her Catherine O'Hara stuff and just like the the <laughs> and then when she starts kind of settling after she's. Uh, you know, she's realizing that the laughter is inappropriate, and then just yeah, it, it, she's she's great, and um, it's always it's always fun to watch watch her. So uh, yeah, because a couple of moments in this fifteen minute chunk, I found you know genuinely funny, and and mm. uh, uh, yeah, because it just it does have a lot of like sequel vibes. <laughs> it really does. And to be honest with you, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least they make fun of themselves though here. They do make fun of how ridiculous this is right here in this movie. Yeah, and you, you you have to make jokes about that. If you're gonna you know, if the movie's gonna get made, it's like, well, we have to lampshade it, you know, we have mm-hmm. to we have to call it out. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they know it, they don't deny it. I know I know John Hughes has talked about it. I don't know if if Chris Columbus has addressed it, but they've said that this is you know, this is a remake as much yeah. as it is a sequel. They know they're hitting the same beats and it kind of really beats, follows yeah. The, yeah. The, the same, um, you know, the, the same setup and, and, and punchline and everything as, as the first film, they just kind of taken it from, you know, from Chicago or from, you know, from the Chicago suburbs and they moved it to Manhattan, but they kind of acknowledge that they're just kind of redoing the same thing. I wonder, did they ever get on it? At least right on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder did they ever explore other options like cuz I think like I was saying earlier the 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 just the double coincidence of the it ha- the, the wet bandits sorry the sticky bandits <laughs> sticky bandits um which is that is so lame even as a kid when I was watching this movie I was like the sticky bandits really that's your oh okay um but uh <laughs> the, the 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 wet bandits returning is like that's what really stretches it for me. Like if they, if the same family, the same chaotic family make a similar mistake and leave Kevin on his own again, fine. But then, you know, couldn't he encounter some New York criminals? Couldn't it be about that? He, I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've, I've put myself in a position of a pitch meeting and now I don't have any pitch. Some other better thing that uh, I'll totally come up with now. Yeah. Well, he does. It's similar in that he overhears some crooks, but they're completely yeah. new crooks, stranger crooks. He overhears yeah. crooks talking about they're going to rob the toy store. Oh yeah. And so then, then he just, you've, you've, then he doesn't, you know, Schwartz. Product it placement. doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be the same crooks. You forget yeah. about the, um, you know, the, the uncle and aunt's townhouse that's being renovated to explain why it's empty, and you've got all these yeah. tools around that he can use. It's just it's he's protecting. Yeah. He's protecting the toy store, and then he just uses the toys as his, yeah. you know, improvisational instruments and tools to create booby traps and so forth. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it could it could just be because you gotta. Because my first thought is, well, if it's not them, like, how does Kevin get involved? Why is he? Yes. Why would he be involved? Yeah. And you can't have, and and part of this becomes kind of central, and we'll we'll talk about it a lot in later episodes. Is that, um, you know, he takes them to another location, like he leads them to the townhouse. It's not yes. that. Yeah, you know, it's not that they're trying to break in and and rob stuff from his uncle's townhouse, and that's why he's protecting. It's like, no, he lures them 
to the townhouse. Oh, God, I forgot that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> just so to rubbish. add to yeah. the, the the you know the the this sadistic streak that we know Kevin has that like he yes, actually yeah. lures them there. Um, but to explain, yeah, if these are complete strangers, if he doesn't already have a relationship, why does he keep upping the ante? Why would he lure them away? Yeah, and yeah. He but yeah. he doesn't need to. He just he's protecting the toy store. The toy store. Mm. Yeah, he's protecting the toy store. And that's just he's a kid who likes toys. And then, he, you know, he talks to as a Mr. Duncan, the, the store owner who says, oh, yeah, all the profits from our Christmas sale are going to, you know, are going to be donated. So he's protecting other kids. And there you go. Yeah. And there it can be go. complete strangers. Yeah. Doing it that way. So you had your pitch ready. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, I didn't. You started it. And I'm like, you, yeah. your setup was so well that I okay. instantly could, could finish it. <laughs> Um, okay, you know, so, so thank you for the setup. <laughs> yeah, great, yeah. great. Um, yeah, yeah, this, I mean, this Hollywood they, stuff is easy. Let's just go out. Uh, let's yeah. just book some pitch meetings in Hollywood and uh, just improv our way through it. Maybe we just been podcasting too long. We're really good at improving now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and they, and I think, well, and it's a good point in terms of going back to that well of Harry and Marv for um for folks that haven't seen. Um, there's, there were actually five and now there's, there's a new home alone remake, the home sweet home alone that came out, but there are five movies in the original series, three and five are different kids, different families, but ho- uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but for home alone four, they went back to the McAllisters. Now they recast everything. It's Kevin, uh, you know, um, uh, Macaulay Culkin isn't in it. Um, don't have Catherine O'Hara playing the mom. They uh, they yeah. bring back um, in this one. It's Marv and his girlfriend. So they don't have Harry, but they have Marv. But it's a different actor playing Marv. But it is, I think it's the worst of the series. I think wow. four is even worse than than three or five. And I think part of it is going back to that well of really it's the the same guy you know is coming yeah. back again w- w- in marv like i think it, it gets better if they expand the world a little bit and you have different um well certainly they're when they do it like with, with different children but yeah different different crooks involved they were trying to like re bring it back to the McAllisters, and they were trying to make like three will be like season of the witch you know mm-hmm. you know where it's just like <laughs> right, we'll just forget yeah. about that one that was separate and now we're back to the McAllisters. but uh yeah yeah it it it, it doesn't work but yeah um, it didn't work yeah so they they tie it in and of course this you know this this big city the five boroughs millions of people but just as kevin is making his way through the fulton fish market we see uh, we see a truck open up and hiding behind the fish are yeah our old our old pals <laughs> oh, Harry man. and Marv yeah which I don't know doesn't if that makes a lot of sense because so they've escaped from prison yeah so how do they get like do, is the what? I guess is the prison near the ocean where the fishermen dock or got to New York like how did they get here yeah. Yeah. Which makes no sense. So prisoners are doing, you know, prison labor, mm-hmm. gutting fish, gutting fish. Okay, and putting the and and putting the fish into big refrigerated containers, and then a big fridge truck comes up and takes the containers. That's that's the best I can do. <laughs> okay, that's well, the best. That's the best we got. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, you would the prison would still have to be yeah fairly near the the shore. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's 
It's a movie. It's a film. They have an answer. It's a movie. Yeah. But it's also the contrivance of like, you know, you smell that. It's like, well, (laughs) obviously, yeah, it's it's like as if they wrote the line, do you smell that? That's freedom first. And then they went, oh, wouldn't it be funny if there was some actual smell? Let's do something incredibly obvious, like put them in with fish, you know? And it just, it's just like, well, of course he's going to say fish. And you just took a huge (laughs) breath in yourself fish must be on your mind it's just it's so yeah it's it's such a okay i'll set you up by saying something about a metaphorical smell when there's a very obvious real smell here okay you be you be the idiot i'd be the smart guy go you know yes <laughs> it really is a dumb joke it really is a dumb yeah, joke yeah. <laughs> yeah so and then i guess i'm assuming at some point marv steals tape to cover his hand, and we see him, you know, he has a tape-covered <laughs> yeah. hand that he sticks into, uh, the, you know, a Salvation Army bucket to yeah. steal the change. Which is kind of ingenious. I mean, it, he's thinking. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's wrong. It's <laughs> um, yeah, the sticky bandits. The sticky <laughs> lord. Well, it's just, it's because I remember it annoying me as a kid as well. It's just like, oh, there were the wet bandits in the first one, and the sticky bandits in this one. And it's just like, it just, uh, I can just kind of see, I can just see somebody at their typewriter just lashing it out, not giving a shit. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. absolutely. Like, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, sticky. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now we're going to do a sticky pun for the rest of the movie. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which they, I don't think they do. I mean, they kind of followed up. There's the one, there's there's a couple gimmicks where, like, uh, you know, his hand gets stuck on a woman's behind and, and yes. she slaps him. Like, but I think that's it. Like, funny. they don't really. It's really funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think they don't really mind that. You know, that sticky hole, which uh, it sounds like now that I say it, that sounds worse. <laughs> they, the sticky plot contrivance, they don't really mind that yeah. as, as much as they could. But um, uh, so and we have uh, as as our folks, as our characters wander the city of New York and um, kind of return to Midtown. Kevin's in uh, Kevin's in the park. Later on, we see the. Um, our sticky bandits ice skating at Walman Rink in Central Park. There's um, there's another Irish connection. Austin, did you uh, you wear this this connection? Okay, would you Brenda like to, to tell us? Yeah, uh, Brenda Fricker is the is the bird lady here, and um, she's kind of uh, I mean, she was just a, a fairly well known Irish actor in the theatre scene, but then she was a, a hero of Irish. Uh, performing arts when she won um she won the oscar for uh, my left foot in 88 89 that kind of time and um and of course that was that put the kind of irish film industry on the map as a movie as well and um i just uh yeah it's just um so she's kind of a she's kind of a household name in ireland and and a, a you know a hero um so uh yeah nice. so when she got this role you know that was a big talking point of home alone too do you hear brenda frickers in it oh my god brenda frickers in it and um yeah so that was definitely part of uh the appeal of seeing it uh over here well, there you go that's cool 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. So yeah, my my left foot is what she's and this and Home Alone Two yeah. is is I think primarily what she would be known for. Yeah, uh, in the United States, but then yeah, she she had a quite a distinguished career. Uh, actually, I should say has. I think she's still still acting and still active. So has quite a, an impressive career, um, Irish acting. And you mentioned so there was that that odd looking gentleman getting off the plane who you think oh that. That might be yeah. someone who figures in later and, and, and does yeah, it. Yeah. Um, here we see an odd character who you might think, well, this is this someone who's going to figure in later as as Kevin quickly passes this sort of odd woman. Odd, uh, you know, she's billed as pigeon woman, yeah, uh, or pigeon lady in, in you know in the the cast listing. You know, so is this an odd character who's going to come back later? And uh, actually, it turns out it's sort of the the old man Marley. Of the film, exactly. sort of a, a strange older person who's Kevin is wary of, but then later, uh, yes. you know, they kind of they, they learn from each other, maybe a little bit. They see the exact same plot point of the first movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll just do the same thing and, and you know, go back to that well. <laughs> yeah. But isn't there also an old man in this movie separately that, that, that has estranged from his brother and Kevin ends up encouraging him to get in touch after all these years and... No, that was the first. Am movie. I? Oh, that's that the first, first movie. movie. Okay, yeah, so that's first the first movie. one. Yeah, right. So yeah. I'm totally conflating the two. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I need to rewatch uh, the first one. It seems like <laughs> you just get the plot for the first movie. You really did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like, <laughs> may, may, yeah. Maybe these two films aren't quite as similar as I thought they were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Our conversation with Blake and Austin uh, was going a little bit long, so I decided to break off the episode at this point, and we'll pick up the conversation with part B of part two in a couple days. Um, in the meantime, I want to post a little bit of correction to a little misremembrance on my part in the story. I was telling about my adventures walking from Central Park down to uh, the village and then back uh, to Midtown. Uh, I took the bus, not the train. I think you could hear me stumbling a little bit and telling my story. I was unsure. Um, I went back and, and rechecked my files. And so um, I took the bus in for some reason instead of the train from Long Island. So my on my return trip or my return to Midtown uh, after visiting uh, Greenwich Village would have been to Port Authority not to Penn Station. And you can find that. I'll, I'll post a little map where you can kind of compare uh, Kevin's wanderings around Manhattan to uh, to my adventures uh, late that cold December night. Um, so that'll be, um, you know, on our social media. We're at Next Scene Pod. Uh, you can also find it in our Facebook listeners group, the Jelly of the Month Club. And as always, on our website, nextscenepod.com. So uh, thanks for listening, and please come on back for uh, part B of part two on the next scene.